Hello, and welcome to Hail to the Chief Spanish Edition, where we rate every monarch of Spain from Pelagius to Felipe VI, in theory. I'm Dirk. Hello, I'm Max. That is accurate. Uh, so, Max, remember who we're reviewing today? No. Oh, well, I think I do, but, like, I'm going to let you do it. Oh, that's not good. I didn't bring any notes. I was hoping you had some. Cool. I'm kidding. Um, yes, today we're going to be reviewing Silo. <laughs> it's probably pronounced Silo, but I'm going Silo. Because it's funny. The man, full of corn. <laughs> he is an enigma. The inner mechanisms of his mind are a maze. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, but that was corny. <laughs> <laughs> hey. There's more than a kernel of truth in that assessment. Corn. <laughs> Grain. Anyways, I'm out of... Okay. Yeah, the expectation... <laughs> Good start, good start. Is it? No. We can keep going. Maybe we'll find something good. Uh, maybe. Kernel of hope. <laughs> We're going to go into Linux and go access the kernel. I'm a computer science major also. Surprise. Um, so I have already recorded this fellow's video on my own, so I know what to expect, but uh, you don't. The unexpected. So, any expectations? The unexpected. Fair. Do you remember the recent happenings of the kingdom? Not particularly. There's no reason you would. Exactly. I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday. I don't eat breakfast, so nothing. Huh? Well, that's Just what, what you had for breakfast. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. I'm not going to try to remember. That yeah, takes too much brain power. Coffee. Uh, all of it. That sounds about right. I've had a lot of coffee today because I meant we're going on a digression. Surprise. Well. It's our way. <laughs> you, you gotta it's gotta be the way but uh so i recently ran enough uh I re- i'm running low on uh coffee that's forward mm-hmm. <laughs> but i do have some cold brew coffee but that's not actually the point of the story i don't know why i'm talking about this first of all because i'm not running low on coffee anymore i just got back from the store and secondly because the point is i woke up early today to go to the uh, local licensing agency because i thought it was three minutes away it's 40. That's a little bit more time. It's also four degrees. Were you going to walk? What else would I do? I don't know. I don't have a car. That's why I was going to the license. I don't have a license with me either. I lost it. That's why I'm going to the agency. Good. Yeah. Is it a three-minute drive? It's actually a six-minute drive. I don't know where three came from. Interesting. Yeah, I messed up. A little bit. Just a smidge. Anyway... So I'm tired today, so I've had a lot of coffee to try to compensate. I'm also a little bit sleepy, but that won't stop me from participating. I hope not. Let's not do what we did for the last 30... Oh, no. (laughs) Let's not do what we did for the last 30 minutes of Aurelius. Maybe. Speaking of, he was the last king. Right. Silo's the next king. Mm Mm-hmm. Is he just, like, another dude that, like... Pretty much. He's not linked to Ferella or his line. That does remind me. Uh, I was having you the lineages so let me get those papers out right stall uh-oh spaghetti yeah pretty much i remember very little about a lot of things and there's my little drawing i remember that vaguely right okay oh yikes i don't remember how to pronounce half of these things okay there's gang alfonso i remember that yeah so who's in gang alfonso gang alfonso is gang alfonso this 
I don't remember if Gang's Gang Alfonso is this whole right side of the chart or just that middle part of the chart. Um, well, there's Hogan's Herd or Horde. I don't remember which it was. Herd. We have the fabulous dynasty. Yeah. And we have Gang Alfonso. Right. So I think Gang Alfonso so far is Alfonso, his son, which would have been Fruella. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. We want Aurelius who, where is Aurelius on there? Uh, he is Froila's son. Froila was the brother of, of Alfonso, Alfonso the first. Yeah. See, listeners, it's a good thing we named them differently. Yeah. So, funny thing. You know how I said, I think in private to you, that I was at the grocery store this morning? Yeah. Well, I meant to re-review some of my materials so I would remember what was going on. I like how you said you went to the, like, you told me in private that you went to the grocery store as if, like, that's, like, top secret. Yeah, I told it to you in confidence, but now he ha- now everyone knows. Yeah. To my shame. This is my greatest scandal. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. My, uh... Vertuta Vissio is rapidly falling. But, That's fine. Yeah. In all seriousness, though, so I didn't actually do that. I just listened to Silo's episode. So I don't really remember all that much of recent goings-on. So I'm going to have to rely pretty heavily on my notes today. Isn't that how it always goes? Uh, I usually have a clearer idea in my head. I could usually tell you most of what's in my notes just without my notes, but today, no. Good. So, welcome, listener. Things are actually worse than usual. Hmm. I love today. That's possible. <laughs> I thought we were pretty low. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to stop embarrassing me and move on? I'm ready to move on to continue embarrassing you. You know what? That's fair. <laughs> there is technically a note before we get into the sources, too, that's now outdated. So you remember how I told you um, that I recorded this episode on my own at mm. one point? Well, the reason for that is because you remember how this was for a grade? Yeah. I got it. I passed. Good. Yeah, that's, that's it. So we're done. Goodbye now. Yep, see ya. Yeah. Who needs hobbies or friends? Exactly. But um, back then, this hypothetically could have been the last episode. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be. I This is fun. I like this. But uh, it could have been because after that, well, I didn't technically need any more. Yeah. That's not really true anymore. I mean, the grade's done. It's in. So... Now it's more just a matter of a hobby, but that is a legacy note when we leave in mm-hmm. to uh, stall for time so we have more content. Good. Yeah. Uh, so in all seriousness, though, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Any guesses what our first source is going to be? It, oh, ooh. Oh, I can't remember the name. It's a name. What is the name? I don't know. Uh, that's fair. It's Chronicle of Alfonso III. Oh. I thought it was the, our friend, the book person, the writer. Guy. Collins? Yeah. We'll get to him. Okay, cool. I miss him. So, do you remember that Alfonso had a daughter? No. Oh, Alfonso has a daughter. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you're, you're actually going to want to write this down. Her name is... We have her name. And you are going to want to write her down. Does she have agency? Would you like to hear how my girlfriend described her? Does she talk to another female character about something other than a man? No. Oh, well, brick. We're not doing a Bechdel test today, but seriously, you want to know what my girlfriend refers to her as, or do you want to have that revealed later? Sure. That was not a yes or no question. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So this is Alfonso's daughter? Yes. Okay, her name is... I'm going to say it, then I'm going to spell it. Okay. Unless you don't care to know how it's spelled. Sure. Her name is Adocinda. 
I'm going to try to spell it first. Okay. There's a Q in it. Well, I've already spelled it wrong. There's no Q. Good. I put every letter as Q. So Adocinda. And her husband's Silo. Right. You should put a crown over Silo's head or something. I mean, you don't have to draw a Silo, but... This is poor. This is a poor chart. <laughs> how do you mean? Oh, it's just getting smaller and crumpled <laughs> together. This hey, is... you know how my plan was to post that publicly? We should still do it. Okay, It'd be good. really funny. I was hoping you wouldn't mind. I can get you a finer point graphite if you need. Oh, I mean, cool. where's my... It's fine, keep going. <laughs> we'll run out of Astraleonese eventually. Sure. Okay, so... You now know Silo is the... Uh... Husband of Adocinda. The son-in-law. No, not a son. I'm so sorry. The husband. Yeah, and so I'm saying the son-in-law. Yes, of thank you. Alfonso. Of Alfonso. Not the son of Adocinda, my lord. Ooh, that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I think that would put these two both in gang Alfonso. Question mark. Do you agree? Sure. Okay. New dynasty. Let's not do that. So, the source goes to note we're talking about sebastianus here uh sebastianus of course being the author of the chronicle of alfonso the third sorry <clears throat> i just kind of spaced for a second there. No, you're good. uh he had a peace with the umayyad caliphate so islamic spain if you don't remember mm. uh it being this has actually been true for a little while now but this is the first time the source really goes out of its way to say, yeah, they had peace. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Galicia rebelled against him, so he put it down. This is the second time Galicia has rebelled. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote that he had peace with the caliphate again. <laughs> <laughs> like double peace? <laughs> yeah, super peace. So like, hey, hey, peace people. We got peace. So, uh, you want to hear a good sign? Sure. That's it for the Chronicle of Alfonso III. Collins, in his book, uh, Unity and Diversity in Medieval Spain, uh, 400 to 1492. I hope that's right. Sounds pretty close. It's in the description. I wouldn't know. That would actually be Early Medieval Spain, Unity in Diversity, 400 to 1000 by Roger Collins. I don't know how I got that wrong. I think I've cited it in literally every episode, but here we are. Uh, He has some things to say also. He moved the court and the capital. Previously, it was in uh, Conga de Onis, and listener, you can see a... Uh, I'm going to link a map from the website Walking Adventures. I don't know what the domain is. Don't ask. I forgot to write it down. I shrug. You can't really hear that through audio, though. Uh, shrug harder. Maybe that'll work. Yeah, that might actually be something. Yeah. <laughs> what a bit. <laughs> yep. That would actually be in Spain map 2015 via Walking Adventures International. Anyway. <laughs> Go on. Why are we like this? Uh, he moved the capital from Conga de Onis to Pravia. And uh, he built something. He built this city on rock and roll. I was going to sing it a little bit. I was about to say, please don't. Hard. That song is bad. We're here for... Uh... Strong opinions on this show. I, you know, I've had hot takes. It's fine. Yep. My hot take is that we built this city is a word that rhymes with city. It has an H in it. 
not good. I, I can't think of a funny thing to say there, so I'll just no, move on. It's too fun. So, are you ready? I've been ready. Okay. Uh, he built a church. Yes. I'm not sure. Oh, I've, oh no. I forgot my rating system for people who build churches. Are we going to keep doing that? Kind of. Like, that's... I'm not really... Okay, but... I think it's funny, though. It's funny. It's funny. It is funny. It's funny. You make a very compelling case. Can I have my pencil back, by the way? Oh, yeah, no. Thanks. Um, now, there's something much more noteworthy. One of his laws survives. This is the first Asturian monarch from whom we have a law that survives. To this day? Yeah. I've read it. Is it... No jaywalking? This law, in addition to some commentary offered in both English and Spanish, was posted uh, as El Diploma de Resilo y Sus Romanismos via the uh, University of León, and it was published by one Marilio Perez González. There's no reason you would remember this. Remember that one time I said some of my sources were in Spanish? Vaguely. This is... I'm impressed. Uh, (laughs) This is one of them. It didn't translate it. Well, I did, I guess, translate it while I was reading it in Spanish because I'm cool. So it's all wrong. Please clap. Probably. Good job, dude. (laughs) So this is actually noted by Collins on page 231 to be pretty poorly written. But we have it. Mm -hmm. And it's an incredible law where he says, I hereby give some stuff to the church and or a monastery so that they can build with it. Like money? Or like here's a few rocks? Yeah, some land, probably some money too. Mm. Good land? Don't know. Probably decent land. The church was a powerful and well-respected institution. It would have wanted to give them something nice. I imagine so. So, have you ever heard of this uh, fellow named Charlemagne? Vaguely. Almost indisputably the greatest uh, medieval monarch, at the very least in the early medieval ages. Mm -hmm. By the way, sometimes I've said in this program, Dark Age, which is apparently a term that's not in vogue anymore. It's kind of dumb, in my opinion, because things did get worse after the collapse of the Roman Empire, because everything was all unstable and nobody knew how to read anymore. So, I mean, we should still be using that term. But when I use it, I really just mean the period from 476 to 800. 800 to 1199 would be the high Middle, uh, middle Ages, and uh, 1200 through 1451 are the uh, late Middle Ages. So uh, jot that down, or don't. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Charlemagne reigned for, in, in some form or another, probably as the whole first Holy Roman Empire, uh, Emperor and or the Emperor of Francia and or the uh, Emperor of the Carolingian Empire. From 768 to 814, which Collins notes on page 186, Silo's reign, which is noted in page 301, which I won't tell you yet because that'll spoil the Latin, no, not the Latin lover score, the, uh... How long he reigned score? Yeah, the Adad score. That's the words. Right. Uh, his reign is entirely within that of Charlemagne in terms of time. Interesting. And space and other various sundries. The two seem to be at peace which is actually somewhat interesting because Charlemagne invaded the Iberian at least three different times. Hmm. He invaded uh, to fight the Muslims, which is noted in In the military campaigns section of Charlemagne's uh, article on Encyclopedia Britannica. He invaded to fight the Basques, 
which is noted on an article by the name of Charlemagne and his legend in early Spanish literature and historiography, which is by Ryan Giles and Matthew Bailey via the University of Indiana. Sorry, the Indiana University at Bloomington, published in 2016. I might have to update some of these citations in post because I don't remember the names of the authors or the titles. Well, when you go back over and bleep out that one part that was really funny, you can... You mean the part where I said fudge? Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, put the actual sources in there. See, now they'll never know I said the D word. Oh, no, I spoiled it. Drat. Ah, I see. So, uh, anyway... Uh, and he invaded once to establish the Spanish March, which is noted by Raymond Carr on page 66. I want you to think for a second about what I just said. I just cited Spain, a history by Raymond Carr. No way. We haven't done that since the first episode. Nope, since Pelagius. And even then, barely. He really gets paid by the reference, doesn't he? I, uh, this is so rare, I think we should give him the L right there. Pretty much. He's a king. So, Charlemagne, however, he invaded uh, Iberia thrice, as we've established. He never invades uh, Silo. Which is actually of note, because unless I'm wildly mistaken, the Basques are Christian. Uh, almost certainly Catholic, I assume so. There's no reason for me to assume otherwise. That's going to be a thing to fact check next time we have a really short episode. Okay. Uh, I keep a list of those. Uh, Fact-checking things? Yeah. Things to be fact-checked. Also things you just ask me that I don't have the answer to on the spot. Uh, so it, I find it just really interesting, really, that Charlemagne and Silo never have any dispute. Because Charlemagne is a very warlike expansionist guy. Mm-hmm. Asturias is small. He could have invaded if he wanted to. We're going to cover that more, though, when we raid him. So, you remember how I mentioned that he moved the capital from Pravia, or to Pravia from Congastionis? Mm. Well, I, I have a little section here comparing those two cities to see if that was a good, bad, or neutral idea. So, according, you remember that map I mentioned a while ago from Walking Adventure? Well, looking at it, you might see... Audience, he nodded. That's how <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I, forgot okay. to, I forgot to speak. It's okay. My co-host for this podcast is a mime. Uh, what an idea. Can we have a mime on as a guest one day? Yes. Well, how do we, How do they know he's not here right now? Well, we're talking too much. We would be addressing Pierre and saying, so what do you think, pal? That is an unbelievably hot take. But we've not been doing that, though, so I think the jig is up on that. Maybe we just haven't cared about him up until this point. We can fix that in post. What? He's been here the whole time. What? No, anyways. Just re-record the episode. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. We're going to start over. So, uh, Congastonis, which I always refer to in my uh, notes as Congas, that's probably not the best idea, is on the north-central part of Asturias. I'm sure you know what that means, right? I don't have to. North For example, central. pull out this map. That should have been out since the beginning. I wasn't sure. I didn't remember if I referenced geography. Now this time, I'm fairly certain I actually am talking about... I remember this map. I'm glad. 
I drew on it. You drew it, in fact. Well, kind I've of. I colored it in. In one color. Monochrome. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so you see Asturias there, the region. Yep. It's in the middle on the top. It says up to the top left of Spain, but yeah. No, uh, of Asturias, not of Spain. Oh, oh! I see. That's where you're telling me. Yeah, sorry. The middle top of Asturias. Yeah, I'm fairly certain that's accurate. I don't think I'm going to correct it if it's not. I don't actually care about geography. Um, yeah, maybe don't cite this podcast in your uh, papers, kids. We get cited. I cited Rex Factor and Totals Rankium, so maybe. Don't cite us <laughs> or me. Don't cite me. Unless what I say is right, which generally it is, but uh, <laughs> I don't do the research here. There's exactly one fact you can cite for Max, and that is uh, regarding the existence of the moon. Or the lack thereof. Precisely. Um, so, Congastonis is in a valley, which yeah, you can see on the Congastonis article on Spain.info. It's a... F- Yep. That's the place it was originally. Yeah, that's where. Okay. That's probably just about where Pelagius did nothing and came out completely on top. Nice. Remember Pelagius? He was our guy. Yes. Um, Always in our hearts. What? Always in our hearts. Not not as much as Alfonso, though. Anyways. Yeah. Um, So remember, it's a mountainous place. It's a very defensible one. It's also on two rivers, the Saya and the Guenya. No, I don't, don't draw those. I couldn't help you with that uh neither of these rivers are necessarily noteworthy in and of themselves although i am going to talk about them because i'm a boring guy who talks about boring things mm-hmm. welcome to my podcast uh but guenya is interesting for one reason it has an umlaut it's over the uh u i uh i very 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 seldom see that in spain hmm. it's much more of a german thing in fact the only other place i know of it is in uh, Park Gweld, which is in uh, Catalonia. Because I was there. Wow. Yeah, it was a fun time. Mm-hmm. If you ever have an opportunity to spend 11 days in Spain with 11 classmates, who you, or not 11, 7 classmates who you don't know particularly well but do know, do it. It's a good bonding experience. Sounds like fun. Yeah. It's one of the highlights of my life, if I'm being honest with you. I also read a John Green book every night during that vacation. So that I had something to talk about. <laughs> Cool. Because that was, uh, yeah. I used to read a lot. It was great. And then I didn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, being on two rivers in general is pretty good. Yeah. Because, you know, for commerce and for naval transport. Being near the coast. As well which, as, dare I say, farmland, maybe. Ooh. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Which is kind of embarrassing. Man, I actually contributed something to this. <laughs> Look at that. You very often have, actually. Oh, yeah. You're genuinely useful to have around. <laughs> in no small part because it's much more fun when you're here mm. rather than me just saying, yes, welcome. So let's talk about the benefits and detriments of the Saya versus the River Guenya. That's exciting. Yeah. That gets me energized. Makes me want to build a church. To who? I don't know. Just, I'll just build a church. Anyone St. Agnes? Because we'll talk about her later. Ooh, yay. That's a cliffhanger, right? That's a lead-in. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I'm not good at lead-ins. Digression time. But I had to write a paper the other day in an hour. 
it was supposed to be one and a half pages, so naturally it became four pages, single-spaced. Naturally. And we'd like to know what my lead-in was. So. No. Oh. W.B. Yates has blood on his hands. He knew this, and it didn't stop him. No more context, please. <laughs> All right, cool. I will tell you, listeners, I don't actually dislike Yates. I just needed an introduction. I needed one fast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but anyway, rivers, they're good for transporting things, both in terms of warfare and in terms of uh, economic materials. So commerce, navy, both. Why not? Another map. This one can be found on andrewsimmonsillustration.wordpress.com. It is drawn, presumably, by one Andrew Simmons, and it goes by the name of Spain River Saya Map. Visaya is not very big. Guania is not even an independent river. It's just a branch-off path of another larger river, which, uh, for purposes of simplicity, uh, we've not named here. Uh, Pravia is fairly... So we're not going to talk about this much longer, don't worry. Uh, Pravia is broadly similar to Conga de Onis. Mm. It's a bit north. It also has two rivers, the Nalonia or... Uh, Aranguin or Aranquin? I cannot tell. Uh, it's also quite mountainous, although not necessarily to the same degree as Congas de Omis. Omis? Onis. As noted by the uh, page on memin.com for the city of Pravia. It's also a little bit closer to the coast, I think. Which has benefits if you're going to build boats and go out into the seas, although we're pretty early for that. Mm-hmm. Spain will eventually do that. Side note, well, they do have the Spanish Armada at some point. That goes well, smoothly. Yes, but also, oh no, my point. Right, so this is a side point. Mm-hmm. I'm still, like, impressed that we were able to build boats at all. Like, ships and stuff? That's crazy. That's fair. Like, straight up, like, bending wood and stuff and, like, whatever, gluing it. or I don't even know how they do it, but, like, then there's, like, yeah, this, this floats. Let's there's go. A few ways, but yeah. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Humanity is a remarkable species. Sometimes. I mean, I hate us, but we're awesome. Yeah, we got boats, though. (laughs) Sextus Pompey, Boat King. (laughs) That's a reference to a reference, and I don't know what the second source is referencing. Anyway. Side note, over. Ish. So, you want to talk about something way, way, way more interesting Maybe. An artistic movement begins during the reign of Silon. Really? Yes. It's called the. Uh, it's called pre-Romanesque art. Pre-Romanesque. Pre-Romanesque. Okay. Yes. Uh, this is noted by yes. Does this mean the portraits of kings gets a little better? No. Oh, I guess I was a little hopeful. The first time. I've identified when the first king will be who will not lose a point automatically <laughs> and Latin lover is. Do you want to know when or do you want to be a surprise? Surprise. I'll tell you at least this hint. Favila was way ahead of his time for that. He's going to be the best score we see for a long time. Good. No, the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Bad. Yes. Bad. Man, good. Actually, good meaning bad. No, now that I think about it, I'm wrong, but don't worry about it. It's good. Yeah. So... Uh, what I just said, though, about the first instances of pre-Romanesque art appearing under him, that is uh, from the source raysilo.es on their uh, article Asturian Court. 
Can I just point out, I found a website called Ray Silo while studying the Ray Silo, because Ray means king. Hmm. You want to know what that website is more dedicated to, though? Yes. Okay, I'm going to reference the article L. Ray Silo on the website raysilo.es. He has a cheese named after him. I want cheese. <laughs> I don't like cheese. What? I don't like cheese. don't know why. I have a podcast about how I like cheese. <laughs> the podcast is going to be me eating cheese. It's just going to be, that's good cheese. And that'll be the whole thing for 45 minutes. You know, the Totals Rankium guys, uh, they had three podcasts. They had uh, Totals Rankium, Totalis Rankium, Roman Emperors, Totalis Rankium, U.S. Presidents, Totalis Rankium, Whiskey. <laughs> What's the difference? I mean, for the first two, they basically do what we're doing, but for different people. Mm-hmm. The third one was <laughs> called An Excuse to Drink Whiskey on for Work. Yeah. Actually, this isn't their job. I think they're both math teachers. Nerds. Anyways. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take, Totalius Rankium. There's a bunch of nerds. You're nerds! Uh, so We're cool. Nah. I'm cool. <laughs> eh, you play Halo. Yeah, that's true. Pre-Romanesque art, though, is... Uh, so, so when you think medieval art, for example, any of the Latin lover pictures, mm-hmm. it's good, right? No. <laughs> Pre-Romanesque art actually is sometimes. So the first one of these is going to be me accidentally exiting out one of the files I need to build. Good. Good yes, technology. Yes. What, you're a computer science major? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, three Romanesque art. Here's one. All instances of the pre-Romanesque art is from the Web Gallery of Art. Uh, they will be named in order of their showing. This first one is titled Crucifixion of Christ. This is actually rather decent. Yeah. I like its use of color. It's not faded beyond recognition. Yeah. It's not the best, but there are much worse. Yeah, it's, it's decent. Yeah, so this is from Rome, which is kind of a little unfair, because the city of Rome, which is the Rome I mean, this is from about 750, I think, is a, it's a pretty good place still, all things being equal. Mm-hmm. It's a much more important city than... Congas de Onis, that backwater. <laughs> Who would ever want to be in a capital there? My assessment of that painting was um, almost akin to a uh, somewhat less nice Van Eyck painting. Van Eyck listeners, if you don't know, and Max, I don't know if you know. I don't, but I just nodded as if I did. Van Eyck is a painter. Really? He is known for all of his people looking like Vladimir Putin. But he's a Renaissance painter. And he's not the best. He's one of the worst, actually. But he's still clearly not a medieval painter. Yeah. He's only slightly ahead of this from the mid-700s. So not too bad. No. Decent, even. I would go so far as to say kind of good. But art is subjective. Eh. <laughs> Okay, next is an altar relief. This one is also in Italy, but this is not from Rome. Is this a carving of some sort? Yes. It's it's an altar relief. What? An altar relief. Interesting. 
That's very cool. Yeah. My impression. So it's not as advanced, but it looks nice. It looks fine, right? Yeah. See, I kind of thought that it looked, uh, it looks to me ancient, not in the sense of Rome, though, in the sense of, say, Persia or even maybe Greece. Have you ever seen Persian inscriptions or those pieces of Greek pottery which are weird but stylized? Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that. So that's the altar relief. Uh, what's next? I have five. I meant to have four. This is going to be last because it blew my socks off. Seriously, I haven't seen them for weeks. Uh, so, <laughs> so next is going to be uh, this thing here. This thing here, of course, being a piece called Capital, which is a detailed column and is actually from Spain. This is from Spain. In fact, I think this might be from one of the capitals. It might be Pravia or Congas de Onis. On the vein of a... We made boats. Mm -hmm. Stone carving is also really cool. Yeah. Favila, you'll remember, has the highest Latin lover score. So I gave him a six. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not for Latin lover. This is just a showcase. I'm not an art guy, by the way, but... um, this kind of captured me. Yeah. So I don't. This isn't necessarily as impressive as some of the other things, right? No, but it's well. It's making me think about like, man, they really just like chopped rock and stuff and like made it smooth and cool and shaped and, and stuff. They had the resources to do it. Yes. Which is to say, they're not an absolute desperation mode or anything. Yeah, they, they can spare the resources. Yeah. Which might reflect well in say Nuevo Le. Maybe. If I feel so inclined. This is somewhat less impressive, but this is actually from Spain. It's still standing, in that picture at least. Yeah. Uh, This is exterior carvings, listener. It is a structure. Yeah, I think it's just a house or something, but it's a building from Spain. And I don't know if you can see this, but you see those bands around the building? Those are are also carved. Mm -hmm. This, I think, is from early 800s or late 700s. Most of this stuff is. But now are you ready for the big thing? The thing that made me go, whoa! I hope it's a church. It's not, Man. although it is religious. So you remember how I've said before that uh, medieval painting isn't very good, mm-hmm. but medieval uh, carving is good? Yeah. We'll take a look at this. Wow. The piece we're looking at is called Female Saint Marbles. You know what my first impression of this was? That looks like actual like people. We can hardly do better than that today. True. Like, there's only so, like... We could do a little better insofar as that we can, um... I guess, first of all, hey, Max, what is this? Uh, it's like three people, royalty, perhaps. They're saints. But it, it's, uh, it's a marble card. Yeah. Yeah. Statues. Uh... It's not quite Michelangelo's David. No. But, but like, still. It's not too far off. It's really not. I mean, the hands, I think, are fine. I mean, they're not, like, freestanding or anything like that. Like, they're kind of, like, glued to that wall there. Yeah. This is the best one, one in the middle. Yeah. I've seen Roman busts that look worse, and I've seen modern sculpture that barely looks any better. And, I mean, this has no, this has none of the negative things I don't think we associate with medieval art. Mm-hmm. And this is, in, this is during the time of Silo. This is pre-Romanesque architecture. They're not architecture, art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm incredibly impressed. Yes. So, 
we've talked about a fair few things here, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something about Silo that's very interesting to me. Collins barely gives him any attention. Carr does not give him anything by name. The Chronicle, barely anything. So this is most, the most research I've done for a monarch. Even now. Mm-hmm. I've, I've written up to episode 13, I think. This is the most I've done for a monarch, the most independent from the uh, sources. I'm just astonished. I'm not done, by the way. There's more. Uh, there is something I should note. This, I think, might end up getting its own episode, to be honest with you. If not, I'm going to have to rewrite some scripts. But there is a theological dispute that comes up during the reign of Silo. It's called adoptionism. Uh, so you want to hear about adoptionism? Is it where you adopt things? No. Oh. So, so you know Jesus of Nazareth? We went to a party once. Funny joke, anyways. That was uh, that was Jesus of Nicaragua. Yeah, Nicaragua. No, we're talking about something different. Yeah, yeah I, I know. Yeah, personally. So do I. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak with him tomorrow. Cool. We're recording this on a Saturday, listeners. I should make sure I'm still recording because I would be very upset if not. Yeah, we're good. Oh, yikes. <laughs> so... Th- Orthodoxy is kind of confusing because the Trinity is pretty confusing. But more or less, uh, Mary was a virgin when Jesus was conceived because she was, no, not she, he was conceived by God. Mm -hmm. This was uh, done without sexual things, and hence immaculate conception. Adoptionists don't believe that. They tend to believe that Jesus was just a dude who was the son of Mary and Joseph, and at some point he was adopted into divinity by God. Now, when this took place is somewhat debated. Some say or said, because adoptionism is not mainstream anymore. It never really was, but it's not really even a thing now. Mm-hmm. He was uh, either adopted at conception, uh, sometime at baptism, sometime in his youth, or at resurrection. There's more sources to this. We'll get to that later on in a series, but... The main one I cited here is the webspace.ship.edu page for Early Christian Heresies by C. George Bory. So this has happened before in the ancient world because, again, a trinity is confusing. Most schisms I know of uh, regard the nature of Christ. Is he of one nature, both human and divine? One nature that is split human and divine? One nature that is mix of human and divine? Two natures, one human and divine? just divine which is semantics this is a actually a significant difference it's it's heresy but it's actually intelligible <laughs> uh, so we'd like to know what happened yes for this to come about okay so there's a bishop in the umid caliphate because they didn't kill all the christians or anything because that's, again that's a majority of the people there uh, he declared a form of adoptionism, and another bishop as well did in what is uh, currently northeastern Spain, or at least in that general area. Uh, this background information is indicated by the New World Encyclopedia article, Adoptionism. So uh, we're going to come back to this later, because it doesn't get snuffed out under Silo. But just so you know ahead of time, know that this is emerging under him, but it doesn't... It's not great, but no one actually cares that much. Mm-hmm. 
it kind of just goes away eventually, as noted in the Britannica article. Which is helpfully entitled Adoptionism, in order to cause absolutely no differentiation from the New World Encyclopedia article of the same name on the same topic. But yet, which does contain different information. I'm going to make a lot of cuts, listeners, so I'll just tell you now that the reason I keep making fun of myself this way is because I, uh, I forgot to write down na almost all the citation information on my paper today. And also, I recorded this a long time ago, and I didn't really review properly. So, sorry. But, of note, there's some disunity, but it seems to go away without mass violence or horror or anything. That's good. So, there's actually a little bit more information, but uh, I think we should get on to the ratings. So, are you ready to get started, Max? I'm ready to get reminded of every single category and what everything means. And then through numbers of you. It, it has, in fairness, been, I think, technically a year. Ha! So, uh, I'm done. we're gonna start with Wanaka Bellicosa. Right, the fighty one. It doesn't sound like he did too much fighty. No. Uh, are you ready for my points? Yes. He put down a rebellion. That's true. He said peace twice. So, what should we rate him? Um, cause I don't remember, because we're not rating him... On, like, how good he was at war, or how, like, he didn't do war. Uh, didn't do war, in my opinion, just falls under Nuevo Olay. Oh, I see. So, so at this war thing, he did. Well, he succeeded. He put down a rebellion. Yeah, so that counts. That's literally all I have. It's one line. One bullet. Give him three. Okay. Oh, uh, so I think it's decent. I gave him a one. Oh, cool. So four. Because it's up to ten, right? Like, it's ten and negative ten, right? Uh, for each of us. So yeah. it's actually negative 20 to 20. Right. Okay. Wow. You're more generous than I am. He's a pretty chill guy. Speaking of which... Batudo Visio. That was a good transition. He did build a church. That is plus one. On the spot already. You're an inconsistent man. Am I? Why? You usually take away for Nuevo Lay for that. Really? Well, I asked you how I did that and then... That's what I said, isn't it? Oh, well then. Okay, so the negative point then? Uh, we're not on the wave of late. We're on Virtue Divisio. We're judging how good of a guy he is. Oh, frick. Sorry, I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm just so ready to give this guy a point for a church. I understand. Well, you can. Let me tell you Let me tell you about that church, though. Cool. Remember how I joked about St. Agnes earlier? Really? I'm just going to do yes. <laughs> she, I have information about her, and that's because that's to whom the church was dedicated. Uh, so I'm citing the article of St. Agnes on uh, Catholic.org, a very impartial source. Mm -hmm. This is actually a, kind of a, a sad thing, though. So she was a Roman back when that existed. She was a fairly early Christian. Uh, she is a bit of a proto-nun, because before that was barely much of a thing, she, uh, she dedicated herself to Christ and to uh, perpetual chastity. She is the patron saint of uh, girls, or young girls, not just women, <laughs> of chastity and also of uh, rape survivors. It's very unfortunate that a patron saint to that last thing has to exist. But it does, and if you're going to build a church to any saint, this sounds like a, uh, a very unobjectionable one to do it to. Mm. Not to... Uh, too grim a light on things, but if you'll remember, you remember Fruella, mm -hmm. and how most of our reaction to him was to put this incredibly bluntly: this man is a rapist. Yes. 
Silo very much is not. Good. Uh, he might have been softer on the Umiads, and this is perhaps not the best thing, but it worked out for him, uh, as others in his position might have been. Because keep in mind, Charlemagne invaded them once to uh, establish the Spanish March. At least I think that's where that when that happened. The Spanish March, by the way, was technically a Frankish holding, but it eventually became more or less a de facto independent kingdom. He could have joined Charlemagne either way when he invaded the uh, Umiads, but he didn't. He also could have taken advantage of Charlemagne's loss against the Basques, either to attack the Basques himself, who were weakened and small, or to attack Charlemagne, because if you're ever going to do it when he's already lost and retreating is a good time to do it. He refused to take advantage either way. So he does not seem like a very opportunistic man, or really one who's inclined to press every military opportunity. Mm. And maybe that's a sign of goodness, maybe it's a sign of good uh, not being too hot-blooded. Yeah, it could just be like, because like not to be like, he's like not the king, because this is still in the interim of uh, a small child when he be king. But, but Silo is the king. He's not a regent. Mm. Well, he could just be just trying to keep everything together, just chilling. I think that is kind of his job, yeah. We um we actually might have access to his tomb. So here it is. Uh, listener, it's linked below. That's not it. This is it. So this could be a spoiler for Vitutive, or for Latin Lover, but it's not. Are you ready to see a, a dead man? Yes. Here's maybe his tomb. <laughs> it's just like in a room. It's describe. Well, it's it's just a big slab. It's very nondescript. In the ground, yeah. It's not very ornamental. It gets walked over very frequently, I imagine. You know what that sounds like to me? A humble man. Exactly. So what do we want to rate him? I, just, I feel like the high answers are good. A little bit like three or four, I think. Yeah, I think I'm also leaning towards him. Yeah. He kind of seems like a decent guy, yeah. but not an exceptional giver necessarily. No, he knows his place. He's not trying to be the greatest, it doesn't sound like. But he's also like not leaving everything to, to, to despair. He's a nice guy, I think, but not necessarily the nicest possible guy. Yeah. So, the forest decent. So that's an eight. Okay, so I showed you his tomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said that could be a spoiler for Latin Lover. Speaking of that, Latin lover. Does he look like a block of concrete? So I'm actually going to start... Ah, no, I'll just show you his picture. All right, well, uh... Kind of want to give points off for his eyes being crossed. That was... So you want to know my first impression? Mm-hmm. Derpy. A little bit. Which is actually the opposite of correct, because being derpy means you're cockeyed, not cross-eyed. Hmm. But uh, there is something remarkable about him. I want to show you the previous Latin lover pictures to see if you can catch on to it. So this is uh, Pelagius and Fruella. Just give them a brief look, and then get, and then I'll show you the next one. Oh, it's like a combination of the two. Um, that's not really what I'm going Oh, well, for. he's got, like, who's on the left? I'm sorry. 
Ferella is on the right, Pelagius is on the left. She's got Pelagius's ball and Fruella's club you stick. Want, you want to know what the big thing is, I think? Hmm. Look at the eyes of each man. Silo is looking at you, not upward. Hmm. What does that mean? Pretty much nothing. It, yeah, but we can find meaning because we are people. Um, so, you have anything else to note? Not really, no. Can I see it? Yeah. The first thing I want to point out are, uh, thank you, are uh, probably the colors of that robe. <laughs> because we've got three shades going on. We've got water paint green, white, and puke green. Yummy. Mmm! That was the wrong reaction! Yes. Yuck! Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, I don't know. It's not great. He, he he does look derpy. His robe is really not well matched. Other than that, there's not anything too remarkable except the fact that he's not looking up. I'll give him one. Yeah. Because he does have a picture. I gave him a one in my initial recording. I'll stick with that score. Yeah, he doesn't go negative. Mm-hmm. So he had a wife. There's no sign he had a son. Not a great start. No. Uh, when he, so you remember how I told you that his wife was of note? This is the first part of why. Because after he died, would you like to know what happens? Well, yes, sorry. His wife goes to the leading nobles of the land. She says to them, Hey, guys, I know who you should elect king. My nephew, El Costo. You know what they do? Just that? They elect him king. Hmm. Uh, he is usurped. But she, this woman in the 700s is able to convince the highest nobles in the land of who should be the king. Hmm. And as it so happens, it just so happens to be her own nephew, someone who is still quite young, although not an infant anymore, and someone who she very likely has a significant deal of control over. Uh, that's something noted in the Chronicle of Alfonso III, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's some, there's, it's debatable whether or not El Costo by that point is king. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I've come to the conclusion, no, but he is king-elect. Okay. Because he gets usurped by, uh, well, he gets usurped by our next king. Who you you actually already have him written down. I don't know if you remember. No, I don't, but anyways. That's okay. Uh, this is not easy to score for me. Mm. He didn't have an heir. But first of all, it might have been worse if he did. Because like Aurelius, he's kind of a placeholder for El Costo. And his wife just takes charge and determines who should be the next king. I'm going to give her points. How many? <laughs> she gets the law. But, uh... Does Silo get anything for this? I guess by, like, proximity. I'll tell you what. What would you give uh, Erosinda? Her? Yeah. Well, whether for good or for bad, the whole thing about convincing those guys yeah. in the time period, I gotta give her that's a, that's a three. Okay, so... Want to give Silo half credit? Sure. One or two? One. One. I'll give her a little half. Um... You know, I'll give him two, because I, he chose just an excellent wife. Mm-hmm. So that's a four for preparativos. Are you ready for... Right, don't decide. 
Well, you remember how I mentioned he ruled during the time of Charlemagne? Mm. Charlemagne, as I mentioned, reigned from 768 to uh, 814, which was something noted by Collins on page 186. Silo reigns from 774 to 783. That is a reign of nine years. Nine divided by five times 20 is 3.529. A lot of points. Eh, yeah. So are you ready for... Resist the church one? No. Oh, yes. Yes, let's go. Yes. So he did build a church to St. Agnes. Do you remember what Neuvelet is? No. I'm so glad I asked. You remember what Preparativos was, right? Preparedness for one. Yes, yes. Or no, for a a succession of errors. For his future. Yeah. Yeah. Future of the kingdom. Neuvelet is uh, how well did he govern, basically. So politics, building, stuff along those lines. Well, he put down that... Uh, that's a war thing really. that is a war thing but also like to be able to maintain power over that afterwards in my opinion those things should be separate okay. if, you, if you want to keep them combined I see your point you can uh, he had nine years of peace despite being sandwiched in between the Umayyad Caliphate which was a aggressive expansionist Islamic empire and Charlemagne an aggressive expansionist empire uh he moved the capital seemingly to a more comfortable place. Mm-hmm. He's the first monarch from whom we actually have a surviving law. He, he did build a church. Much bigger to me, though, is the beginning of that new artistic movement. And would you like to know the biggest single thing, in my opinion? Hmm. Well, yes. It's called the Commentary of the Apocalypse of 786. Now, Collins calls this the sole intellectual contribution of the kingdom of Asturias and pages 245 through 46. I was making sure that wasn't a nine. It's written by a fellow named Betus. Now, Betus is, I think, a monk. You want to know who sponsored Betus? I was trying to think of a joke, but I couldn't, so yes, I do. Adosinda. Hmm. Probably referencing her and her husband's library. Uh, so, the commentary, what it actually is, it's basically a illustrated and commented version of uh, the Book of Revelations. It has other biblical passages and also quotes from just luminary uh, clerical minds of the era. That's kind of what it is. And that is from the description of the book of the commentary on Amazon, because you can still get a copy. Mm-hmm. The sole negative I have for for Nuevo Le is that, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought for a second. The adoptionist uh, crisis or controversy comes up, but even that isn't that disruptive, and it's pel- it's apparently dealt with much more peacefully, although not necessarily by Asylo because it's ended after him, uh, than say the later Inquisition matters. So, what are you thinking for Nuevo Le? Definitely the positives. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did a bad job at all. No. I think... I'll say this now. This is the first king who we've covered whose best category is Nuevo Le. Mm-hmm. And this is the sort of king I look for. So I'll, I'll be very honest with you. I quite like Silo. Yeah, I was, like low-key, I was thinking like at least five. I agree with you. Cool. In my original recording, you want know what I gave him? Eight. Six. Man. I guess. I was wondering. You can give him eight if you want. No, no, no. That might be 
seven. All right. For Nuevo Lay, that is a 13. Yeah, that's a decent score. Which, yeah. which, if I'm not wrong, that makes him as good at ruling as Alfonso was at Conquest. Definitely. And I was afraid you wouldn't like this guy very much. All right, we have one final question to ask. El o un. So, I guess first of all, you can give me your first impressions, but then I'll give you my case. My first impressions is that, like, he seems like the kind of guy who, like, wouldn't, like, he deserves to be called the king, but he wouldn't want to, in the fact that he's humble. That reminds me, by the way, so there's a series of portraits. This is his. Uh, they're imaginary portraits. They were done way, way, way after the fact, in the 18 and 1900s, I think. But I really like that. Is there one. any kind of basis? Just like none, for his appearance or anything? Oh, just like, hey, this might be what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's one of the reasons we don't use them. Uh, but I do like to imagine that's how he looked. He is not a young or hot blooded guy. He does look regal. He's oh. not wearing or holding, he's not wearing the crown. He's not holding the staff or whatever. Not because, like, he's, he's not, not worthy of it, but it's just like. He's not power hungry. He's just good at the job. Yeah, he's just, yeah, just there. He, uh, there's nothing intimidating about that man, but he is kind of regal. It's mostly the robes. He's just, he seems like a respectable fellow. Yeah. I, uh, here's the thing. I've told, so I don't know if I've told you this before, but my favorite category is actually Nuevo Le. Mm-hmm. Because I don't care about war. I find it boring to read about. But buildings and artistic movements and politics are the things I like. Yeah. This is the first Nuevo Le king, and he's a peaceful king. And the point of programs such as Rex Factor and Totalis Rankium is actually to find uh, monarchs who are forgotten to history but shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not our point. Our point was Dirk wants good grade. <laughs> um, but this meets, I think, those standards. Um, the fact that he's the first Nuevo Lake King really sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, he... Uh, you want me to just get to the point? Sure. This is my favorite king, L. Okay. At least so far. He might be exceeded, but right now, he's my favorite. Not even really a contest. I was hesitant to say that in my first recording, but no, he's my favorite. And it's not because there's anything exceptional obvious about him. When I fr- He gets a paragraph mm-hmm. in the Chronicle of Alfonso III, but I spent so long researching him, n- n- almost none of it from the main sources. He's a grower, and there's just way, way, way more to him than there appears to be on the surface. Mm-hmm. I think that deserves L. All right. So, welcome to the club, Mr. King... What? <laughs> Let me try that again. Welcome to the club, El Rey Silo. All right, are you ready for the last thing? Yes. The pub. You're going to need this. Oh, God. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. All right, cool. Sorry. Four. Four. Plus. Eight. Plus. Parenthesis. That's not the parenthesis. Oh, yikes. There's one. Divided by four. Minus one. Still in the parenthesis? Yes, but we might need two sets now that I think about it. But let's see if this works. Uh, Close parenthesis. So it's one divided by four minus one. Mm -hmm. Good. Outside of parentheses, plus four. Plus 3.529 plus 13. Equals thirty-one point seven seven nine. 
Oh, even better. It's actually higher than I scored him because we you gave him more gore points than I did. I only gave him one. Mm -hmm. So the Latin lover score should be zero because he gets half a point in total. And it's, yeah. In fact, you just delete the parentheses thing, the nothing else. Or fill all the zeros. It was too late. I already deleted the thing. Can you just give me the calculator so I can double check the math? I suppose. Thank you, Max. Oh, I didn't. Man, I, I haven't used this thing in ages. You're, I thought you could just go back to it, but no. Wait. Did we do the math right? It's possible. I, don't think I like did. the number. Oh, I see the issue. It's because the minus one takes it below zero. So actually, Max, we were wrong. You want to know why? We underestimated his score. 32.52. Let's go. Let me just input that into the official thingamajigger. So Silo's score, 32.529. It's higher than what I gave him. It is still third place. Yeah. He's behind Alfonso the first. Yeah, just because I like his name. And and uh, Pelagius. Wait, yeah, he's behind Pelagius, but just barely. Cool. All right. Uh, you want to try to do the next one or nah? Yeah, I think we'll call it. Okay. Should probably end this episode though. Probably. We don't have an outro. No. Why don't we have an outro? Yeah, we <laughs> We've got this whole ep like this whole podcast without an outro. Yeah. Just like it's just like it just ends. <laughs> we usually just talk until we're done, and I say, "All right, bye." <laughs> uh, okay. How about this? I have an outro. How about okay? From here on out, how about my outro be? I try to set up the next episode as dramatically as possible. That could be entertaining. Okay. The good king Silo has died. Whack. The kingdom is without a king. Double whack. But, but it still has its queen. And she has arranged for it to be the case that the son of the King Fruella, her nephew, would take over. And this is accepted. He is to be king. Until the son of a slave comes about pressing his claim, for he is the son of Alfonso. In the next episode, we talk about Morigatus. I think that works. That was good, yeah. <laughs> we should leave that in. <laughs>